0: A thanksgiving service so God has done so much for us that we can't take for granted at all praise God the fact that you are alive the fact that you are wearing new clothes the, the fact that you are speaking in tongues the fact that uh, you were even able to have transportation to come to this place is because, because the grace of God is at work in your life hallelujah are you here with me can I have some witnesses here so say thank you Jesus for everything that you've done for me so we're going to take our time okay we're going to thank him deliberately for certain things he's done for us are are you ready all right so lift your hands say thank you jesus for the gift of salvation thank you jesus for making me born again thank you jesus for giving me your spirit thank you jesus that i am a new creation thank you jesus for your loving kindness thank you jesus For your tender mercies. Thank you Jesus. For the provisions. For the food. For the water. Thank you Jesus. For the ministry you have called me into. Thank you Jesus. For protection. For deliverance. Thank you Jesus. Even for unpleasant circumstances. Thank you Lord Jesus. You are a good God. I praise you. I adore you. Thank you for this church. Thank you for all men here. Thank you for all women here. Thank you for the cars parked outside. Thank you today. Thank you for the service. Thank you for the crossover into a new year. Thank you that we cross over also into the next year. Thank you, Jesus, for all you have done for me. I am grateful in Jesus' name. If you said that, you have pleased the Father because he loves to hear your thankgiving. Hallelujah. Now lift up your hands. Let's pray. Father, you you were so good. Such an awesome God. Thank you for bringing us here today to fellowship with you as a body and as a local church. We ask for the spirit of revelation that we will know you more today. Speak to our hearts today. Let these words come with fire, power, and conviction. And transform your people that we all with an unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror, the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by your spirit. Thank you, Father, for great and mighty things that you have done for us. In Jesus' name. amen Amen. all right please be seated now today is um, a very special service it's a special service because um, today happens to be our first Sunday service as a church We, we we didn't meet last week Sunday today happens to be our first Sunday as a church and um, I believe it's special. Secondly, it's because you are also special. That's why it's a special service. Hallelujah. Because you're not special, I never clap your hands. It's been quite stressful since Monday. Personally, I've not slept on any bed from Monday. I've been at church since monday 6 a.m till today in fact the whole of yesterday i think i slept just about three hours and um, around 10 o'clock i just slept for about two hours again so since the time i woke up right from 12:30 till this time i've not slept we've been praying throughout here as part of our 168 hour Prayer instruction that was given to us by the Lord and as I'm teaching the, the chain of the prayer is still not broken so we have um, a minister still praying when we close prayer is still going to continue it's going to be a stretch we're going to finish um, tomorrow morning at, at 6 a.m. Uh, congratulations to those of you who haven't passed by yet um, I know some of you have a busy schedule some of you also deliberately didn't come. Uh, some of you also had circumstances beyond your control. But in all things, uh, what shall we say? Is it a pastor? Nice. You know. So well done, everybody. And then, um, Can we appreciate everybody who was able to come and pray? <laughs> no, it wasn't easy. This, this, this week has, has been, it has really taken a toll on us because Um, some of you couldn't make it. So we had to to play different roles to be able to sustain the vision of God. I'm tired already while I'm preaching. God must give me strength. Because right now, I feel even a bit, you know, I don't want to use that word so that it will happen to me. But the Lord is going to give me grace to preach. Hallelujah. I'm excited about the theme for the year because this year happens to be a year of the spirit life. And um, I want to quickly teach you something on what um, I titled Foundations for the Spirit Life foundations for the spirit life please do well to come with your notebooks or your diaries anytime you're coming for service this is heaven's university so you are not just in a church you are in a bible school you're going to be learning things that you should learn in bible school this is a, a disciple making ministry I don't know why the sound is strange I don't know what you are doing to the sound so this is a disciple-making ministry and we focus on building people. So we're looking at foundations for, you have changed my sound and you have spotted successfully. Sam, can you work on the sound for me? Now, sometimes when you, uh, you are sitting down, a pastor is complaining about sound, you understand. But it affects me when the sound, the sound is spot completely now. But to you is nothing. But it will affect me. I don't know how come the sound has even changed completely. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Yes, it's coming. Hallelujah. You're not here. Hallelujah. Amen. When I say hallelujah, you say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wonderful. So, um, Foundations, oh, there was some li- nice echo in it. People have removed it. Okay, so let's manage it like that. Let's, let's clap for them anyway. All right, so um, before we would temper with anything about the spirit life, We we can't do it without knowing a bit about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because I hope you know that the Holy Spirit is the most important personality so far on earth. I hope you are aware of that. He is the most important personality on earth. Yet he is the most ignored personality on earth. Why? Because we can't see him. But i want to educate you a bit today about the holy spirit if you have time we're going to go further with some few details amen now there are some few nicknames that the holy ghost has okay he's not just called holy ghost he has some other nice nicknames some titles you can give to him and the first title you can give to him is called the angel of his presence now in the book of isaiah chapter 63 verse 9 Isaiah 63 verse 9, the Bible says in all their affliction, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. Now when you study this verse carefully, you realize that what he means by the angel of his presence was actually a nickname for the Holy Spirit. The word angel does not always mean the personality of an angel because in the book of Revelation, uh, some pastors were called angels. The word angel is from the Greek word angelos, which means a messenger. Praise God. So when he says the angel of his presence, in context, he was speaking about the Holy Ghost being the messenger or the carrier of the presence of God. So which means that the Holy Spirit is, is the one that makes the presence of God real to us. So now in a meeting like this, if you sense a strong presence or a strong anointing in the meeting, that anointing is produced by who? The Holy Spirit because he is the career. He transfers God's presence into our meetings, into our midst, into our reality. Then we begin to experience it. Are you following this? So he's called the angel of his presence. Number two, the second nickname of the Holy Spirit is called the glory of the Father. In the book of Romans chapter 6, verse 4. The Bible says, therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead. Now, who raised Jesus from the dead? Who raised Jesus from the dead? You're not here with me. Can you shout it? Who raised Jesus from the dead? The Holy Spirit. Now, instead of using the Holy Spirit, he says, like as Christ was raised from the dead by the... Glory of the Father. So what's another name for the glory of the Father? And what's another name for the Holy Spirit? The glory of the Father. So the Holy Ghost is the glory of God. Now, those nicknames, Now, you you know, when you hear someone's nickname is Powers, what comes to mind? What? That means the person is Powerful. If someone's nickname is Shorty, what comes to mind? He's short. Sometimes they can even call him taller, but he's short. I hope you're getting that. So sometimes some nicknames, when we were on campus, there was one uh, uh, senior whose nickname was Bob Satan. And surprisingly, he looked like Satan. Someone said, Have you seen Satan before? He looked like him. Like, I don't know, but his ears, his teeth. And he himself knew that he he looked like Satan. So it's not that I was saying it to tease him. He admitted it. And the boys were teasing him with that. uh, uh, Really, I get in that thing. So, So nicknames have a certain meaning in the lives of people. Someone says, when you were on campus, when you were in Accra Academy, what was your nickname? I don't know, but I changed it three times. First, it was Major. Then it became Atom. And then later, it came to Lipopo. That why I didn't name it myself. It was out of my surname, Papo. Then they did it, Papo, Lipopo. Then later, it became Lipopo. But all the other two, I, I realized that the reason why I was change, changing them because I didn't have conviction. It was peer pressure that made me do what I did. But before I finished school, I didn't have a nickname. Okay. So, um, So what I'm trying to say is that nicknames have a certain meaning in the lives of the people you can trace a person's life from probably the nickname so if we are calling the holy spirit the glory of the father that means he is the one responsible for bringing glory into your life are we getting that so the third nickname for the holy spirit is called the spirit of holiness romans chapter 1 verse 4 The spirit of holiness. Now watch that. He says, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That means the Holy Ghost is the spirit of separation. He's the spirit that makes people unique. He's the one that distinguishes people. Now, don't get confused. There's a difference between holiness and holy living. Holiness is not an act. When something has been made holy, that thing has been separated unto God. Because in the Old Testament, utensils were made holy. Did it mean that the utensils didn't sin? Are you getting that? So when when things are made holy, it means they have been what? Separated for the Lord's use. So for example, these drums have been consecrated. They've been made holy. Why? Because you can use these drums to play a show but once they were bought for the purpose of running ministry this drums is holy for example when someone gives an offering he gave it to the lord so that money is no longer ordinary money but that money is holy that's why you can't steal church money because the moment you hand it over it belongs to the lord are you following this thing for example um anointing oil do we have anointing oil here do you know that the same bodges we use to anoint you and you fall down? Someone is using it to prepare uh, egg stew. And he's eating. So someone goes, he says, give me this budges. He buys it, prepares stew and eat it. Someone also says, give me this oil. He, he prays over it, dips his hand in it, puts it upon somebody, and the demon is going out. Stew against demon. What's the difference? That oil was consecrated. Are you following this? That's like, listen, you can decide to consecrate things in your life. That's just by the way. So, for example, also, uh, when you buy communion wine, it's not communion. It's actually wine. That's what you bought from the market. That bread is not the, the bread of Jesus or the body of Jesus. It's ordinary bread. You can choose to eat it with tea but once you buy it and you say you are using this bread and this wine for communion it becomes consecrated the impact of that communion in your body is not the same as one who also took it the same way without revelation are you getting it so so it's just by the way that's why I always tell people pray over your food before you eat because when you put two bowls of rice down And you pray on one and you don't pray on the other. They are not the same rice you ate. One is anointed rice. But not anwamo. Am I helping someone in this teaching? So learn to consecrate things about your life. You can choose to consecrate your quiet time. That at 6 o'clock, nobody calls me for me to pick up. That time becomes consecrated. God begins to brood over that time you choose for him and consecrate. Are you following this? Now let's move on. The fourth nickname of the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth. Now look at John chapter 14, the verse 17. I'm enjoying this teaching now. He says, even the Spirit of Truth, whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth he him. So he's called the Spirit of what? Truth. Now the word truth in Greek is aletheia. The word aletheia means reality reality. So another name for the Holy Ghost is the spirit of reality. He's the spirit of truth. That means he's the one that can reveal reality into your life. He can make your life become a a life that has meaning. He can expose you to reality. So he's the spirit of truth. He communicates truth. Are you following that? He reveals truth. So that's his nickname. Now, the fifth nickname, is it the fourth or fifth? The fifth. is the spirit of grace. That's another nickname for the Holy Ghost. The spirit of what? Grace. Now, Hebrews chapter 10, the verse 9. Sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, the verse 29. Hebrews 10 29 now watch that now he says of of how much sorrow punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who are trodden down the foot of the Son of God and has counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and unholy thing and has done despite unto the spirit of grace so another name for the Holy Spirit is the spirit of grace that means the Holy Ghost is gracious He's just like Jesus. He is gracious in his dealings with you. He exposes to you the, the unmerited favor of God. That's his nickname. Favor is his nickname. That means if the Holy Ghost is in your life, he can give you favor. This afternoon, I'm talking to just three people. I declare by the time you leave this auditorium, favor will garnish your life. In the name of Jesus. Number six, the nickname of the Holy Ghost is called the Spirit of Life. I love that one. The Spirit of Life, Romans chapter 8 verse 2. The Bible says that for the law of the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now observe that. He calls the Holy Ghost the Spirit of Life in Christ Jesus. That means there is something the Holy Ghost can do. It is called what? Life. He can give life to your spirituality because there are people whose spirituality is dead. There is no touch in their spiritual life. There's no touch in their work with God. They're just being legalistic about their lives. But the Holy Spirit is the spirit of life. That's how come he's the one responsible for making people born again. So eternal life is committed to him. When, they, when people believe in Jesus Christ, he's the one that produces that result of life in the one that believed it. Finally, the Holy Spirit is also the spirit of sonship. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Now, the Bible says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Now, what is this verse telling us? Remember that the moment Adam sinned or committed high treason, something began to happen to him. What was that? What was that? Fear. He began to run from God. So, the moment Adam committed high treason, the spirit of bondage to fear affected Adam. And the same one that communed with God in the cool of the day was now hiding from God. listen to me any spirit that hides from god is not from god any spirit that is afraid to approach god is not from god we call that the spirit of bondage so he says you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear so whatever you experience in your christian life that is kind of producing fear in your life is not from the holy spirit He calls him the spirit of adoption or sonship whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The word Abba actually means Daddy. Which means the Holy Spirit is the one who is responsible for awakening the fatherhood of God in your life. He's the one that makes the fatherhood of God real to your life. He's the one that is responsible for keeping the relationship between you and the father unbreakable. He's called the spirit of sonship. I'm teaching good here. And now one thing that has confused many people today is about the Trinity. Some don't even believe that there is something called trinity. Okay, some some theologians argue that the word trinity is not in the Bible. Well, actually the word trinity is not in the Bible, but there is what we call the Godhead. The Godhead is also the trinity. Are you following that? Now, a lot of Christians sometimes even go for evangelism. They are approached with questions about the trinity and they have no idea, they are confused. Someone questions them. So, you, you say your God is one but it is three then you yourself are doing calculation in your mind is it three or is one you have a theological problem that's how come every believer must be must be both spiritual and theological because sometimes you may have to defend your faith apologetically in order to win people to jesus and if you don't understand the trinity your faith will be shaking Are you following this? So now, we need to understand that God is one but exists in three persons. you got to write that down. God is one but exists in three persons. I'm giving you good spiritual intelligence. God is one but exists in three persons. So, he is one in essence three in persons. When you read the book of Genesis chapter one, the verse one, the Bible says in the beginning, God, now there is a problem. Anyone who says he doesn't believe in God has a problem, but believes in evolution. There is a problem. Because it begins by saying in the beginning God. So before there was anything like creation what was the name there? God. So anybody who is trying to seek to prove the existence of God is already failing to begin with. Because this one is not seeking to prove. It's an assumption that there is a God who already existed before creation began. Now The word God here in Hebrew is Elohim. Say Elohim. 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 Now Elohim is a plural God and not a singular God. So right from the beginning, the subject of Trinity was introduced. In the beginning, God. That word God is Elohim. Anytime you see Him, like Hashamayim, actually means heavens. When you see Him, it's speaking of plurality. So the word Elohim actually means more than one god so he's saying in the beginning more than one god created the heaven and the earth that's the word elohim so it's not a good is the word elohim here or god here is not singular is someone getting something then now he began to teach us because he said in the beginning god in the next verse, he began to break down the three but one persons to us for us to understand that the Godhead truly existed. So now we are going to see who this Godhead is by their role they played. Now, so we're going to use Genesis to prove the Godhead before we move on. Are you here? Now, Genesis 1-1. He says, we're going to read together. 1, 2, go. Genesis 1-1. Now, the verse 2. 1, 2, go. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, the first was in the beginning, God. We saw that this is plural. Now, they're about to break it down for us. Then he, what's the first personality they here? The spirit of God, brood, we're going to come there, you're going to, you're going to get blessed. Brood over the face of the waters. So we now see the first, we, we see the spirit, that's number one. Move to the next one. And who? God. So we see God here. Did what? Said. So now we saw the spirit, we saw the father who said, what did he say? The word, Jesus. Who is the word of God? Let there be light. Who is the light? Jesus. So right from Genesis, we saw the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Are we getting this thing? remember in genesis 1 1 he says in the beginning god plural god he begins to he begins to break down the the three persons but one to us by naming the spirit of god by naming god who is the father who spoke his son the word into the reality of light then we saw the trinity we saw the godhead revealed are you getting this so listen to me god is one but exists in what three persons someone says how is that possible Now, if you want to use logic to understand this, you won't get it. Because in Christian reality, the Bible says we understand by faith. Now. The best physical explanation I can give to this is H2O. You know, H2O can be gas. H2O can be water. That's liquid. And H2O can be solid. That's block. So it's the same essence, but different functions. Are you getting this thing at all? So the same essence is H2O. But in that H2O, we have liquid, we have solid, then we have gas. It's the same. Same essence, God, but personality, Father, Son, and Spirit. I got in there. Now, let me give you some more verses to prove it, okay? Now, remember, um, when Jesus Christ was being baptized, okay, something happened. Maybe let's get to the book of Luke chapter 3. Um, I pray I get it for you. Luke chapter 3, let's read from the verse 21. Are you, are you there? Now, he says, now when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that who? Who? You are not here. Who? Jesus. Jesus. Now, is Jesus God? Is Jesus God? So we saw Jesus there. Right? Good. <laughs> he says, also being baptized and prayed and then what? Heavens was opened. Now let's read the verse 22. One to go and uh, Who is? Who, what did we just say? Holy Ghost. So we saw Jesus, God, the Holy Ghost God, now look, look, he says, descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven. Remember, the Holy Ghost has already come now to live in Jesus, and the voice came from heaven. What's that voice? The Father. So, at the baptism of Jesus, we saw the Trinity in operation again. Guess what? Anytime the Trinity goes into operation is because of man. Hey. Let's get some more verses. Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 18. We can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Now, look, he says, For through him, now give me the verse 15 so you understand who is the him. He says, Having abolished in the flesh the enmity the law of commandments contain blah blah blah. Come to the verse 16 he says that he might reconcile who, who, who are they talking about who is the one doing the reconciliation jesus right he says that he might reconcile both unto god in one body by the cross so you see the cross there so it's speaking about jesus right so he says having slain the enmity thereby now look at the verse 17 and came and preached peace unto you which were far and to them which were near now look at the verse 18 let's read together loudly one to go him we both have access by one spirit to the father now who is the him jesus we both have access by one spirit the spirit unto the father trinity are we here all right come to the book of first john chapter 5 first john 5 let me see if i can get it for you first john 5 the verse 7 1 John 5, now look. He says, for there are three that bear record in heaven. Now, number one is the Father. Number two is the Word. Number three is the Holy Ghost. We are seeing the God. This one is even more clear. Am I helping someone here? Now, come to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Now observe that. Now the Bible says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, the love of God. Who is God here? The Father. Number three, the communion of the Holy Spirit. So we are seeing the Godhead here again. Now this time, is qualifying their function. So he's saying Jesus is the one responsible for grace. The Father is the one responsible for love. Then the Holy Spirit is the one responsible for koinonia, that's fellowship. Now, this is beautiful. The Father is the conception. The Son made the transaction and the Holy Ghost did the transmission. i repeat myself again. The Father is the conception. The Son made the transaction and the Spirit did the transmission. That means God had a reality called love that He wanted to share with man. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. So God's love was expressed to us by virtue of grace. So God loves you. How does He transfer the love? How does He make that love a reality in your life? He must do it by virtue of the grace of God revealed in Jesus. Are you getting that? Now, okay, so the Father loves you. He has expressed through a transaction Covenanted by grace Now, how do you enjoy it? It must be transmitted Who does the transmission? The spirit So the spirit is the one who takes the love And the grace of God And makes it a reality in your life We call salvation I'm teaching good here Are you getting this thing at all? So we see their function let see if we can take the final verse or maybe we've exhausted the verses so now, now, this is beautiful are, are you ready? no, you don't seem like you want, should I change? Should I? should I lower the standard? should I change the quality? should I give you china? okay, that's fine now, hear this the dream of the father is to have sons The dream of the son is to have a bride. And the dream of the Holy Ghost is to have a dwelling. Now, they all have dreams. So, God's dream is that he has sons. That's why you are a son. The dream of the son is to have a bride. That's why Christ is your husband. And we are the bride of Christ. And the dream of the spirit is to have a dwelling. Dwelling. So now, so we, so you realize that God's intent eh, was to fuse with man, He was to live in man until man and God are no longer separable. Until the four came in, so the four distorted God's dream of dwelling man. So we realize that, that, <laughs> so God sacked man from the garden, right? The last time we heard when God called Moses. God was so homeless that he was living in the bush. So Moses saw the fire where? So God was, he began his process of entry man from the bush. So God had no place. So he was in the bush. So when he formed Israel, now he, 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 he made them do what? A tabernacle. You see the technology? Then from there, God made them do what? A temple we call the Temple of Solomon. Then, after you became that temple, that means you are God's highest technological advancement that has ever existed before. Because He started from the bush to the tabernacle to the temple to you. Are you getting this thing? So, God's dream through the Holy Spirit is to indwell. Tell somebody to indwell. Surprisingly, that's. (laughs) You see, Satan is very smart. He always wants to precede God so he can corrupt God's plan. Look at what he did, he preceded God to cause the fall of man. Have you realized that? When Jesus was born, he preceded God again to incite them to kill Jesus. Anytime God wants to better revival, Satan will increase sin. So, he always wants to precede God to frustrate and corrupt God's plan. That's why you realize, did I tell you that God's God's desire through the Holy Spirit is to indwell you, right? So have you realized that before the Holy Ghost came to permanently dwell in us, demons were already living. They wanted to take that place. Anyway, that's just by the way. Now, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, there are Two mighty answers to this question. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. I'm still setting the foundation for the spirit life. Number one, the Holy Spirit is a person. Number two, the Holy Spirit is God. If you don't understand these two answers to this question, you're going to have a hard time in dealing with the Holy Spirit. I've seen some prophets talk to the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, Trinimami! Trinimami! I said, this guy doesn't know who he's dealing with. And I know the Holy Ghost is just merciful. Onoswa The Holy Spirit is number one, he a person. Number two, he is God. Now, there are certain features that qualifies a man or a person to be a person. The first thing that qualifies someone to be a person is what we call a mind or intelligence. A mind or intelligence a mind or what intelligence now come with me to the book of um, Romans chapter 8 Romans chapter 8 from the verse 27 now, look, he says, He that searcheth the heart. Now, even look at that. He calls the Holy Spirit one who searches. This is a description for a person. Because things don't search. Know what, what? What? The mind of the Spirit. So the Holy Ghost has intelligence, He has His own mind. So the Holy Ghost has His own separate thoughts from the Father. And the father also has his own separate thoughts from the son. That is why Jesus could say, Father, if it is possible, let this cup run. He had a choice, he had a mind. Mm, are you getting this thing at all? So, for you to qualify to be a person, you, 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 you need intelligence. The Holy Ghost qualifies, he has a mind. Number two. He must have emotions. But not necessarily emotional. So the Holy Ghost has emotions, but he's not emotional. Now, come with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. So now, I'm I'm describing this personality so you know how to deal with this personality. Now, he says Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Now, look at that. Ephesians 4:30:30. Oh, my God. Okay, so he says, Grieve not the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit by whom you were called unto the day of redemption. So that means that the Holy Ghost can be grieved. The word grieved in Greek is lupio, which means mental torture, it means to afflict. It means to disturb. So the Holy Ghost can be saddened. Listen, there are, you can make the Holy Ghost sad. If you know him as a person, you must know how to deal with him because he lives in you. Whether you believe, once you are a believer, he lives in you. Are you getting this thing? So now, now the purpose of we teaching you the word of God is so that you will not depend on your feelings but you depend on the authority of scripture. Are we getting this? So now, until you begin to depend on the authority of scripture, you will not come into experience or reality. For example, you have to start obeying the fact by knowledge that the Holy Ghost lives in you, number one. Number two, you have to start uh, believing the fact that anytime you you do the verse from the verse 31, anytime you do, now, he says, Grieve not the Holy Ghost by whom you are sealed unto the day of redemption. The verse 31 tells us what grieves the Holy Ghost. But even before that, the verse 29 tells us what grieves him and continues in 31. So, look at the verse 29. Now, pay attention. Don't be, don't be distracted. He's going to tell you the things that grieves the Holy Spirit. I'm going to come there, but I want to educate you ahead of time. He says, let no what? Corrupt what? Communication. Do what? Proceed out of your mouth. But that which is what? Good to the use of and define that it may minister grace to the hearers. Now give that to me in NOT so they understand. Now look. He says, don't use what? Foul or abusive language. Hear this carefully. The first thing that grieves the Holy Ghost is your words. Abusive, foul, corrupt words. So now, before you ever have that feeling, you know, I've come to a place eh, when I grieve in, I know it in my heart. There is a certain discomfort. It came by constant practice of the word of God when I didn't have it. Now, have you realized that, you know, um, uh, this a comfort? You know, the comfort, right? You know, the comfort? Or oh, you're confused? <laughs> a comfort, I mean, a comfort now do you know that before the spirit enters them for them to be doing the they start it themselves so they start then they'll be going like this they'll be going like that what they are doing is that they are telling the holy the the spirit i said holy spirit (laughs) it's not the holy ghost i beg you they are telling the spirits that we want you to come so they begin by dancing then suddenly the spirit takes over then They'll shift it to the next level. It is so with that Christian faith, you must start practicing it whether you feel it or not. Then the spirit takes over. It's the same, for example, quiet time. You will first start doing quiet time dry, dry. Tell somebody dry. dry. You will pray and you like you finish and pray. You finish the prayer, you will wonder, ah, Did God hear? Have you been there before? When you finish praying, you're like, this prayer didn't even go anywhere. Sometimes you're praying, it's like the, the prayer is hitting the ceiling and coming down. Bro, pray like that too. That's the process. You start the process by praying like that. Tell somebody pray like that. So you, you pray, you pray, you must believe that God hears you. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to your prayers. So anytime you open your mouth, God opens his ears. You must know. Please, are you getting this thing? So you must relate by faith that God is hearing, because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter eleven, verse six, He says, "He that cometh to God must believe that He is." Listen, whatever you are doing, whether quiet time, whether prayer, whatever it is, if you don't believe that God is, He's there, He's around. We call it faith. That's number one. You must first believe that he is Anytime time you are coming to God by Bible reading, coming to God by prayer, coming to God by worship, you must believe that what? He is. Number two, and that he is a rewarder. So this is by the way. So any time you, you, you come to God, you will start dry. There will be no anointing upon the thing. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I was telling you the process of how people enter into addictions, right you remember that you first start with your own you just start it. So first you can choose that I'll watch photography on Mondays and Wednesdays. Friday may you share. That one is like you, you control the thing. you can choose it. As you do it over time, the spirit of perversion, because he's the one in charge of it. Remember Jesus said, the prince of this world can but he has no hold in me. That means you can play with the commodities of Satan, which becomes an open door because he can find something in him, in you. I'm teaching good here. So he may have a hold. Because you are playing with his commodities. I'm teaching good here. So very soon, you, you, you once had a choice to choose when to do it. When the spirit of perversion takes over, you don't have a choice. The spirit chooses for you. That's why you say today, I do not do it. They say, hey, oh boy. <laughs> oh but yeah, sorry. Sorry, cop. Then the thing is move. say, I won't do it. I do not do it. But when I won't do it, it's now call What do you that's how it is. A spirit has taken over. So it's no longer you again. A spirit is involved. I'm teaching good here. So, the, the, see, the first way of dealing with, with addictions eh, is a simple rule. Whatever you feed grows, whatever you starve dies. So I can trace why that thing is still surviving. It's because there is something you are doing to feed it. Anyway. Let's, let's stay on the subject. Are you here with me? So where was I? How did I get here? Please, somebody should remind me. Good. So we're speaking about what grieves the Holy Ghost, right? So we said wrong words. There are sometimes in anger, you may use a word. Sometimes you're not even angry, but you are just laughing. <laughs> you have said it. Just know that the Holy Ghost is grieved. <laughs> You are not angry. You were laughing. <laughs> I remember there was one child. Like we, we got, I forgot what happened. We got close to the child. The, ah, the slantiest thing, the child said, hey, I've died. I've died. I have died. I said, what did the child learn I have died? Every statement, hey, I have died. Even my grammar is wrong anyway, but <laughs> but the child, you know, the true version is, me wo. so <laughs> the child was i I've died. And I said, which parent is teaching this child to use the word I've died? That was a word I normally use when I'm, I'm talking to people. When you mess up, I'll look at and say, you fuck up, you fuck up. I, I was saying it, no, no, my son was learning, I didn't know. So there was one time, I was playing with my son, I said, daddy, you fuck up. I said. <laughs> I said, oh. <laughs> I was wondering, how did he get this thing? Praise God. So there are some words that when you use them, quickly apologize. Now, the reason why you need to learn this act is because, listen, If you don't know that you have given the Holy Spirit and you keep using those words for a time, now your conscience will be seared as hot iron and now you don't feel anything again. So, the Holy Ghost will be eternally grieved in you. (laughs) He's grieved all the time. And listen, when the Holy Ghost is grieved there, it's not for your good. Because hear me, the Holy Ghost will never leave you. Now listen to me carefully. The Holy Ghost did not come to perfect people. He came to perfect people. So the reason why he came was not even because you are perfect, perfect. He actually came to perfect you. So he cannot live when you are not perfect. Because he didn't come because you are perfect in the first place. So listen, the Bible says when he comes, he will not go. In John 14, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Are you getting that? But hear me carefully. When you keep grieving the Holy Ghost, he can redraw his services over your life. Listen carefully. He he can redraw his services. Do you know when somebody keeps advising you and you stop, you don't listen? Do you know the person can redraw? Until you fall into the ditch and you come back before he helps you. The Holy Ghost can redraw his services. And soon you will not sense his presence again. Soon you'll be in depression, when the Holy Ghost is inside you, You you'll lose your joy, you'll lose your peace, you'll make so many mistakes that he could have corrected you. So listen, if you keep grieving the Holy Ghost, there are serious consequences. He can withdraw. He doesn't leave, but he can withdraw. Tell somebody, he doesn't leave, but he can withdraw. So, he's first telling us the first thing that grieves the Holy Spirit, and it is what? Wrong words. Look at verse 31. He's going to continue to tell us the things that grieve the Holy Ghost. So number one is wrong words. Number two. Now, give that to me in amplified. So they understand the things that grieve the Holy Ghost. Well, now look. He says, let all what? Bitterness and indignation and wrath. What is wrath? Passion, rage, bad temper. (sighs) There are people, when you are angry, I have to pour calipo on them. Cold one. Cold calipo. <laughs> they can't hold their temper. Anytime you get to a place where you couldn't hold your temper and you did something, you know, you have grieved the Holy Ghost. You have grieved Him. Take hey, this one is serious. Though. You see how the whole place was quiet and there was silence in heaven. He says and resentment, anger, and animosity. Anytime your thoughts is, is filled with uh, uh, wickedness, like everything about your life doesn't look human. You, you think wickedness for people. I, I see. <laughs> the Holy Ghost is grieved. He says, and what? Quarreling. Hey. Hey, Charlie, this one dear. Everybody days idle. He said, quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and what? Slander, evil speaking, abusive, blasphemous language. Be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, baseness of any kind. This is the Holy Ghost. Give that to me in NLT so we can break it down. Look. He says, get rid of what? He says, get rid. So this one, the Holy Ghost does not do it for you. So in the process of doing it, if you realize it is difficult, you tell him to help you. So he says, get rid of all bitter. I remember one time when we were in the hostel, you know, when we were on IPS, I was in a hostel. I had a roommate. This guy doesn't buy water, but he drinks water. (laughs) And his was very painful because this guy can drink like 15 sachets in one hour. It was so painful. He not only water, food. So your food will be in the fridge. By the time you come, he's warming it and smiling with you. <laughs> oh, you don't understand this thing. Now, so you can imagine that people know you were pastor and then you have come back, someone is warming your food. <laughs> so what do you do? They say, oh so for Charlie, now they're hungry. Make a whip your food small. I go do them. Then my heart. I was in a fast thing too. The thing went on and on and on. <laughs> my heart, like literally my heart, I couldn't. So there was one time midnight, my heart was aching me on the bed. No, is, have you been, have, has someone pained you, eh? And your heart is aching you? Have you experienced that before? If I've experienced lift up your hand, let me see. Well, the rest of you are holy people, we understand my heart was my come on, she me me to me now nah. so my eyes were closed but my eyes were open <laughs> and I was just on the bed my heart was paining me. it went on two days three days four days now when i take my bible no revelation when i'm praying in tongues i know my tongues are dry i said no there's something wrong with me so i went on a fast i was still praying thing was not working and i remember the mercy of god i knelt and said holy ghost I can't, please help me. I kept saying help me, help me, help me for three days. That's how the Lord healed me. So listen to me. If you realize you are trying not to, and the thing is difficult, tell the Holy Ghost to help you. I'm teaching you real. This thing will save someone. Now, so it says get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as, as, well as what? All types, types of what? Evil behavior. Now look at the next verse. This one's going to tell us the things that makes the Holy Ghost happy. That means anytime you are doing this thing in your spirit, just know the Holy Ghost is like, come on. Now, he, he's dancing the same way. He's excited, he's like, give me five. He's like he's just singing, and my heart is filled with he's just singing, he's just excited that you're doing this thing. How instant be kind. So anytime you are kind, the Holy Ghost is leaping with joy. That's why I love to be kind. Now he says, What tender, what what tend hearted meeting was Tender-hearted. Tender. Tell somebody tender-hearted. Listen, you see, sometimes it may look like you you are foolish. That's what you'll be thinking. You're not foolish. Tender-hearted. Now, he says, forgiving one another. Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. If you don't learn to forgive people, what's going to happen is that you are going to, you are going to, actually, spiritually, you're going to be walking with clutches. You cripple your faith. You can't make spiritual progress. Bible reading will not come as light, it will come as darkness. Your relationship with God will man, your vision of God will be, will be blurred. He says, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has given you Excise the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So that's a description of him as a person. Now, number three, to qualify to be four. Is it four? Three. You must have a will. A will that means the ability to choose. First Corinthians chapter twelve. I love you, Jesus verse 11, First Corinthians 12, the verse 11. Now observe that the Bible says, But all these worketh that one, the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. That means the Holy Ghost has a will. He has the ability to choose. Are you getting that? Is the thing working? Good. Number four. He has the ability to teach. Teach. Can you imagine the, the book of First Timothy chapter 4 verse 1? The Bible says, likewise the Spirit speaketh expressly. That means the Holy Ghost speaks. And it is people, persons who speak. That means the Holy Ghost can speak to you. Praise God. Now, it's so beautiful. Listen, listen, listen. When we come to the place, okay, when I'm teaching you on how to make the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit effective in your life, one of the things is keeping a daily prayer lifestyle. It makes it very easy to hear the voice of God. For example, on Friday, we are having a prayer meeting here. At 3 o'clock a.m., whilst we were praying, I, was, I decided to do, to do my Bible reading whilst I was praying, my one-year plan. And I challenged on Genesis 13, when um, Lot departed from Abraham, and two verses after, the Lord says, "Abraham, rise and walk on the borders on the south, east, west, north of the land, for as I, as far as your eyes can see, you will what possess." I was just reading it casually. Then I heard the voice of God, "Son, arise and move to your land, and go and anoint it." Now, now it was just a Bible reading, but the voice of God was amplified through those letters. How? Sensitivity to the Spirit. So last week, when, last week Sunday, we went for service at Sacrifice Place at Potter City. So we went to honor him before we started building project. We got 10 bottles of oil. He blessed it. I didn't even know the time. So we took sand from there to go and put it on the land so that the grace there will work here. So I didn't know the timing. It was... It was that dawn that the Lord said arise. So we went there, we went to walk there. We anointed the place, we put the sun there, we prayed, and then we came back. Now, if, if you miss such opportunities in the spirit, some of it can take you 10 years to recover. You know, many Christians are blaming God for things that he was saying that they didn't hear. Now, if, if, if you have 27 channels and one of the channels is Adum TV, okay, and then you have not tuned in the channel to catch the signal of Adum TV, will you get Adum TV? Is it from Adum TV? It's not from them. They don't have an interruption. You chose not to scan. Am I helping at all? All right. Number five or number four? Number five. He can teach. He can what? Teach. First Corinthians chapter two, the verse 13. He says, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but that which what? The Holy Ghost Teacher, that means the Holy Ghost teaches. He can teach you. He is an invisible teacher. There's a man of God who is hosting me, end of January. And he was telling me, he has built a thousand capacity auditorium. They acquired the land long ago, but suddenly he decided that he was going to build a school there because they already had their church auditorium. He said suddenly, he heard the voice of God telling him, don't build a school there. Go and build the church auditorium, the new auditorium on that land, and use this new church auditorium, renovate it, and make it a school. It didn't make sense. The moment they finished building the auditorium, somebody came that the land belongs to, not knowing the chiefs had sold the lands double. So they settled the whole issue and he kept doing it. Someone also came, the land has been sold but what happened was that there was a process that was done and the people who were supposed to come and cause the conviction called him and said you know something we are going off the property and the only reason why we didn't break it down was because it was a church so guess what if he built the school there what was going to happen down guys sometimes uh, there are some little promptings you bought watermelon, you're about to eat. He just says that, ah, don't eat now. <laughs> you, you, watermelon. <laughs> hey. You here. No, it's a serious matter. The are holy ghost does not speak audibly sometimes he does but he normally speaks through impressions through inner intuitions and through inner witnesses and through inner knowings and through peace and joy so there are different ways he communicates it's like that you lose your joy about something you lose your joy it's a communication you have a strong intuitive knowing there's something is wrong somewhere. You can't figure it out. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes you never intended to fast. Eh? And you are there. And then you sense something telling you to fast. It was the Holy Ghost. You see, he didn't do it. So, you see, probably there was a new company that was opening. And then they don't have any plans for you. And the Holy Ghost wanted to include you in the plan. And he says fast for two days. Or fast for three days from six to six. Are you following this thing? Now what he was going to do if you obeyed him by fasting. Was that he was going to connect somebody in the company. Who is a friend to your friend to call you. So in that fast. He was going to use that prayer. To initiate that spiritual business. Or transaction through an angelic ministry. And because you failed. Listen to me. The spirit realm is vast. Too many activities goes on there for you to be insensitive. Am I helping you at all? I don't think I can finish this now. so next week I'm going to continue but let me just hit you with something and then we move. So now, when you read your Bible, you realize that personal pronouns are used to describe the Holy Ghost. For example, you come with me to the book of Acts 13, verse 2. Now look, he says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, that's a person now, separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto unto what? I, 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 personal pronoun. I have called them. So the Holy Ghost called himself I. Now, look, look at the next verse. Uh, John 15, 26. Look at another personal pronoun. He says, but when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, what? He. Personal pronoun. So the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a he. Are you getting this thing? Look at the final verse. John 16, verse 13. Look, how be it when he, the spirit. Another personal pronoun. Now, now, so what's the crux of this message of the Holy Ghost being a person? If the Holy Spirit is a person, listen to me carefully, his greatest desire is fellowship. Because inside every personality, is to have a relationship with another person. You can say I don't like boys, I don't like girls, but there's something inside you to relate with people. Chris, you getting this thing? So listen. So if the Holy Spirit is a person, His greatest desire is to what? Is to what? Fellowship. So do you know what you're doing? If you are not cultivating a relationship through fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you are grieving Him. Because listen to me, one thing the Holy Spirit does not like is to be ignored. You know, do you remember that Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter? Okay, another version says, I'll send you what? A helper. So the Holy Ghost is what? A helper. Remember that in Genesis chapter um, 2, God said to Adam that I'll make you a suitable what? Helper. So, woman, helper. Holy Ghost, helper. Meaning, the best description of the features of the Holy Ghost is like that of a woman. So, do you see that women are not the same as men? in your dealings with them women are tender he's telling the holy ghost is tender women are sensitive the holy ghost is sensitive just like women are particular about words your choice of words you use for them maybe you you didn't even mean to say what you said But you just said it in the passing. She can keep it for three years and remind you the very language, the style, and the time. And even the venue. I'm telling you. They have very particular. Likewise, the Holy Ghost is particular about your choices. About places you sit. Let me tell you before, if you're a believer who sits in a nightclub, the Holy Ghost is grieved. Yes. You know what? Because that is not in his environment. The Bible tells us in Psalm 1, one. He said, What, 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 what? Why are you crying to me now? If you don't quote it, I'll quote it. Blessed is what is the man that what walketh in the walketh not in the council of the of the ungodly. God. No standard in the world, said no seated in the seat of the school. The Bible calls that, man's blessed, that man blessed. You can't be a believer in being in a nightclub, doing what's there. That is the devil's church. So what are you doing in that service? <laughs> You're having communion. No, I'm teaching you something serious here. Because there's no way, you know, you know I'm sure, okay, DJ Vegas is sitting there, he's worried. <laughs> Okay, he's a DJ by profession, so he's only, you know, he can be speaking in tongues while he's DJing. That's a profession because, because there, are, there, are, there are times where the sovereignty of God comes in in some matters. For example, someone said, okay, so what if I'm a soldier and the Bible says we should not murder. And I'm a Christian soldier. I've been given an assignment and they said, shoot him. <laughs> So what did the one who killed Osama bin Laden? It's a Christian. He was given instruction. Now he was trained to kill. That's a soldier. So that he makes a living from killing. <laughs> so listen to me. So that is his job. Probably I, I don't know how you're going to do it, but he can tell the person, "Charlie, you're born again. You're born again." As a... as crash Before you die, as I'm a shoot Shuto. You see, that is also and, you see, God knows how to deal with that situation. Please, I get what I'm saying. So, it's good I looked at DJ Vegas because he was confused that, hey, me too, I'm a DJ. Sometimes I have to uh, DJ in some places that are dangerous. <laughs> I get in that. So, we have to put that. That's that's his profession. Uh, please, I ain't getting this thing at all. So, someone says, okay, so, Oh, okay, that's fine. Let's clap for him. So, he's a DJ with conviction. Yeah. Okay, then, I'm free to preach now. (laughs) So, someone says that, okay, man of God. So, if you're saying that the Bible says, you have to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, what happens to those who are lunatics? What happens to those who are deaf and dumb? Have you ever thought of that before? The Bible says you must confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. The guy can't talk. So that means, heaven will not be open to him. So someone says, so man of God, so how about that? Will that person be born again? Now, I can't answer every question for you. That's number one. Number two, God has his own sovereign way of reaching out to people like that, which is beyond your logical capacity. I you getting that? Someone can, on account of that, that thing I just said say that. So that means that before you realize that start thinking, then that means everybody's already saved now. Because the thing is that's what, what if you were born mad, if you were born mad, so how can you be born again? So that means that God is not good. Did the person said, because of that, he can go to church again. That's a fool, yeah. Because you use just one argument. Uh, you, you just use it's like, it's like out of a thousand, you just pick one and say, because of this one, I don't believe the 999. That's a fool. So there are exceptions where the sovereignty of God knows how to take care of it. Leave that one to God's sovereignty and take what his word has said. Please, are we getting that? So listen to me. Okay, let's move on. Because of time. So, I'm sharing this with you in 10 minutes. Then we move on. To close the service. Number two, he's God. He is God. Let me just brush through quickly. Maybe I'll get some time and explain that. Next week. Now, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, remember for, for you to qualify to be God. There are many attributes that you must possess. But three of them are very essential and consequential as it pertains to your qualification as a God. For example, love cannot be one of them because human beings can love. Are you getting that? Patience cannot be one of the attributes you need to be God because human beings can be patient. We call that the communicable attributes of god but there are what we call non-communicable attributes those ones god doesn't share so anytime you are saying we are god we are god be careful qualify it well because you can die he can't die we worship him we don't worship you so we have to be we have to qualify it very well because some in 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 the attempt to say we are god have stepped beyond your boundary Um, i I know people for some years that fell into serious errors because of that. So, when we are saying we are God, it must be in a context. There is a portion of the divine ability of God that has been pushed, programmed into our DNA and that's what we share. So, what God is saying you have is what you must have. So, there are communicable attributes and there are non-communicable attributes. So, communicable attributes are attributes God shares with men. Like love. That's how you can love. Patience. That's how you can be patient. Are you getting that? These are what? Mercy. You can be merciful to people. But in the non-communicable attributes of God, those ones God God doesn't share it. He doesn't give it to anyone. One of them is omnipotence. All-powerfulness. He's the source of all power. Even the power in the devil belongs to him. So that's only one potency. God doesn't share that one. He can give you a portion of power, but you can't be all powerful. You can't be almighty. So you can be mighty and not almighty. The second Non-communicable attribute that qualifies God to be God is what we call omniscience. That's all-knowing. And this is serious. You can imagine God knows everything. He knows every formula. He knows mathematics. He knows science. He knows the number of hairs on your head since you were born and the ones you have barbed. He knows all of them. If you ask God, that God, ever since I was born, how many hairs do I have? God won't think. No, this is a serious matter. He won't think. He knows the number of stars in the sky. And it is said that the number of stars in the sky are more than the number of sun at all the shores put together. That's very shocking. These stars you are seeing. There are stars that are bigger than this whole earth. Mm. And God is all-knowing. He knows even the stars by their name. You place the stars in the sky and you call them by name. He calls them by name. So there's a star called Koju. He knows it by name. Now, God is all-knowing. You, you know what that means? That's scary. That means, that means there's nothing like I'm hiding from God. Hey! Then he said, God says, God says, tell me. He says, God, I don't tell you. <laughs> You're looking at God telling God I go and tell you. Oh (laughs) he is all knowing. See, his knowledge eh, is in past, present, and future, and they are all functioning at the same time. (laughs) He knows past, present, and future, and they are all operating at the same time. That is how come Prophets don't have all knowledge. They have word of knowledge. That means they have a portion of God's all-knowing ability. So out of all his knowledge, he gives you a portion. That's why you can't be proud when you're operating word of knowledge. Because you just have a word. <laughs> Number three. We call that. Omnipresence everywhere at the same time. Everywhere at the same time, this one bad boys don't like that one. Everywhere at the same time, he's everywhere. Can you imagine? God is here, he's in China, he's in Jamaica, he's in uh, 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 well, South Africa, he's in uh, troubledom, he's in Kumasi, he's in uh, 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 northern region, he's everywhere at the same time. So I was telling some believers that last time that if you are in a room with someone who is not your wife or someone who is not your husband and you think you have locked the door who were you locking the door from because even at least let's at least let's remove God from there let's assume God is not there the number of demons themselves who are just watching the show is <laughs> <laughs> <I> Omo <know. laughs> this stadium chair so no show? oh now, you are the one on the field You are the one in the field, and they are just watching you. You have locked the door, so in the spirit, you like the spotlights, a big light on you, like that. They're all watching you, please. Are you getting this thing? So, God is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Tell someone, everywhere. Now, I end with this. Let's go back. To your bible in genesis chapter one listen to me god is just amazing this will bless you so pay attention god is simply tell somebody god is simply amazing now i want to drop a bomb and explain to be born again is to experience your second genesis To be born again is to experience a second genesis. And I'm going to explain. (laughs) Now, we need to understand something clearly. The work of the spirit in creation was only a type of the work of the spirit in the new creation. Or we can still say the work of the spirit in creation was a type of the work of the spirit in redemption. That means every portrait we saw in Genesis regarding the Holy Spirit is only a type of the same work he does in our hearts and not on the earth. Now, when you read Genesis chapter 1, the verse 1, he says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the verse 2, and the earth was in our form and was void and darkness covered the face of the deep and the spirit of God, what? Brood over the waters and God said, let there be light and there was light and God separated the light from the darkness and called it day. and the light was good, right? It's a shock. Are you ready? No, you're not ready. Let me close. No, sir. No, sir. Are you sure? Yes, because this one is a heavy bomb. It, it, will, it will bless you. You sure you're good? Now, put this down. We are going to analyze this and we'll let you put down. As the work of the spirit. Number one, he says the spirit of God brood over the waters. So write the word brood. Hmm. Number two, he brood over what the waters. Number two, write down waters. This is good. Number three. He says the earth was without form. So write formlessness. When we say something is without form, it means it's without shape. And that word means that it is a wilderness. There is no form to it. Are you following this thing? Good. Number four. And was void. That word void means emptiness. <laughs> I'm building something here. Number five. Darkness. Oh, <laughs> man My God, this is good. Number six, separation. And guess what? After God did that, the next verse, we we saw the beauty of creation. So number seven is beauty. Now, these seven things I just put down from Genesis are the best description of the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of man. Now remember what was number 1 we said the spirit what brood now the word brood is the same hebrew word for a mother hen who is brooding over eggs to make them hatch for the for the for the uh, chicks to be born Got it now So if the bible says the holy spirit brood and the brooding there is used as a process that is used for conception and birthing. What is he telling you? That the first work of the Holy Spirit is to birth believers. He makes people born again. Oh my goodness. So the first work of the Holy Spirit is to make men born again. This is interesting. This was in Genesis. We, we, didn't even, and we have not even seen the work of the Holy Spirit yet in the New Testament. But right from the Old Testament, we are seeing his work. He's the one responsible for regeneration, for making the believer born again. Number two, he says he put over the waters. What does waters remind you of? Cleansing. In the book of John, chapter 7, I think from the verse 35 downwards, he says that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters then he says this speak he of the spirit so he was saying that just like waters cleanses that's the work of the holy spirit so the second work of the holy spirit in the life of the believer is to cleanse that believer is to refresh that believer that's the, number two number three is what formlessness now the word formless means it is shapeless. there is no shape. It also means in Hebrew a wilderness. It also means confusion. So, guess what? The Holy Spirit has a work of removing every confusion and bringing sheep into your life. Hey. Number four Void. What does void mean? Empty. What does the Holy Ghost do to emptiness? He fills you. This is interesting. He fills you. So when the Holy Ghost comes into a man's life, he fills that man. So your life is no longer void. And number five. What? Darkness. What, he, what did he do to the darkness? And let there be illumination so you would take of what is mine make it known to you illumination number six now what did God do? the Bible says God did what? separated what? light from darkness, now if you've been here in this church for some time, you know that when we speak of light and darkness, we're speaking about what? Believers and unbelievers. So the work of the Holy Spirit is to separate you until there is a large difference between you and the unbeliever. Mm. What's number seven? Beauty. He went on to beautify creation telling us that the work of the Holy Spirit is to beautify chaos in the life of a man.